Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Kind of. It's the Holy Smokes MMA podcast with Sean Rossap. Joe is still recovering from Japan a little bit. What's up, you guys? I want to thank you for joining me today. Holy Smokes MMA podcast. It is December 2nd. Got a lot to talk about from uh, UFC fallout to Ryzen events to a a quiet week, but not a quiet week at Fightful.com because we have you covered with big MMA events. I know I'm coming a little early, but since Joe couldn't do the show... I looked at my schedule, I was like, you know what, I could get this done at 1 p.m. And uh, those who want to watch it at 3 p.m. can still chime in, they can still, of course, uh, share their thoughts on our comment board, all that good stuff. We have everything you want in a pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing website over at Fightful.com. We are the leader in crossover sports coverage. Like, it's, it's just pretty cool how we're able to get... So much of this stuff, and like you're, you're going to hear it today, Steve Amiochik talking about pro wrestling, maybe getting involved in that. James Lynch gets us great interviews, and you're going to see more of those on the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. A little change for this month at least, I'll be flying solo on the post shows. Uh, it's just a little bit of a change we're going to make. I may pick up a co-host, things like that. Joe has some other things taking off, so uh, definitely uh, look forward to having him back next Tuesday as he's good and recovered from Japan, because, man, they had a couple of big events over there at Ryzen this weekend. Of course, we had the results up on Fightful.com. 
You see Kyoji Horiguchi, like how in the world did the UFC let this guy go? I look at Horiguchi and and like originally when I heard that he was moving over to Ryzen, I was like, wow, they must have just made a big offer for a, a somewhat local guy. You know, he's a Japanese guy and he's he's not well known, but over there, uh they're more accepting of smaller fighters. I know that Kid Yamamoto was a big deal for a long time, Takanori Gomi was a big deal for a long time. In America, it's a little more of an uphill battle, but when he left the UFC, he had had a title shot. He was coming off of a three-fight winning streak. He was 7-1 and one in the company. He was like 18-2 and two overall. Well, he's been over to Japan, and he is not disappointed. He won two fights earlier in 2017, then won all three fights in the Bantamweight, uh, Grand Prix, quarter, semi, and finals. He is just a guy that, like, I, I can't believe the UFC didn't, didn't want to keep. When they let him go, he was 26 years old. He's 27 now. Five fights this year, so he plenty, he has plenty of gas. 23-2. and two. Now, did, did he do much against Demetrius Johnson? No, but not a lot of people are. So what's wrong with that? What's I, He just seems like the type of guy that the UFC would want to keep, especially if you're going to run shows in Japan. But Ryzen jumped on it. Uh, I, I would not doubt that he ends up getting a UFC offer in the future, but... I know that he made a lot of money this weekend for those three fights, as he should have, because he, he won that first fight against Gabriel Oliveira in the first round. He went to the third round against Manuel Cape, and then uh, he went to the second round barely in that final. But Kyoji Horiguchi was a guy that I was looking at in 2013, and I was like, okay, he'll probably challenge Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson in a couple of years for a title, and he did. I was fortunate enough to watch him fight uh, Daryl Montague in Cincinnati in 2014. And it was actually his flyweight debut. He made his name as a bantamweight. So when he came in, like, he, we all knew he was a bantamweight, but we also knew that he was going to drop down the flyweight as well. Like, that, that, that had kind of been known. But he's moved back up to bantamweight, at least in Japan, and has performed exceedingly well. There's also the Gabby Garcia situation. That woman showed up 26 pounds overweight. Gabby Garcia in MMA fights is a farce. I don't know. I, like I get it. There, there's she's really, she's an excellent grappler. There's there's all that. But you know, I'm I'm not that interested in watching her beat up pro wrestlers, especially when they're like. They're like 50 years old. Didn't Katya Kavaliva want to fight her and? Garcia didn't want anything to do with it. Maybe I'm misremembering. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure Kavaliva, who is closer to her size, wanted a little something to do with her. And just, it didn't work out. I mean, you saw you saw Lady Tapa find a little bit of success against her on the feet, and it didn't last long. But it's just, man, that that's a farce. Trying to get fights for her is a farce. Get off the juice. Come on. It's not even fun anymore. Mirko Krokop defeated TK in a minute. And Mirko Krokop, he's, he is a novelty act, but I love him, man. He's 43 years old. He'll probably fight next year. We have an exclusive up on Fightful.com from Showdown Joe with Mirko Krokop because, you know, Fightful.com brings you the goods. Who else had that this weekend? Mirko Krokop and Frank Trigg talked to, uh, or uh, Showdown Joe and Frank Trigg talked to Mirko Krokop, who said that, you know, he, he had thought about hanging it up, but... Doesn't, doesn't see it happening now. He wants to fight Fedor. Now, if that means that he's going to do it in Ryzen, where he's had his last five fights, or uh, 
which I should say last five fights, but four of those were last year. Or is it like is it something that he's gonna just do that in Bellator? I'm sure Bellator would love to have him, but they couldn't run it anywhere in America. You saw what Mirko Krokop looked like. We're not gonna beat around the bush. A lot of these guys were on some stuff. They were juiced up. But, I mean, you look at, at Mirko Krokop, and whether he's juiced or not, I mean, you're going to lose a fight here and there. But since that he since he's left the UFC for the first time, or, or the second time, in 2011, I think it was, he's something like 16-2 and two in combat sports across kickboxing and MMA. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. For a guy that age tonight, at least get caught a couple more times. Uh, now, you could say a lot about that that K1 more Grand Prix, and maybe he didn't deserve to win it. He, he went to a uh, majority decision with Remy Bojanski, and Alexi Olenek tapped him out, but Alexi Olenek's a, a top 15 heavyweight fighter in the UFC, I believe, so that's worth looking at. I want to see Ole Thompson fight Mirko Krokop, and here's why. There's a title that a lot of you all might not know about, and this will tie into the pro wrestling MMA crossover. Uh, the IGF Championship was a uh, Inoki Genome Federation Championship. It's been held by Jerome LeBanner, Fujita Ishii, Satoshi Ishii, uh, Mirko Krokop, and now Oli Thompson. Krokop was stripped of the title when he signed with the UFC, and then Oli Thompson won it in 2015, but Oli Thompson hasn't defended it in a couple of years. It's kind of like a hybrid MMA pro wrestling title, and in Japan that works out great because a lot of the guys that are fighting also work and do pro wrestling. We've seen it with dozens, if not a hundred different guys. I think that Mirko Krokop should fight Ole Thompson for that title, and I think that needs to be defended in some pro wrestling matches. I think the idea of having a working and a shooting champion is just really, really cool. It's an awesome dynamic you can do, and in Japan you can get away with it. You can, if, if you got a guy, an MMA fighter, who wins the title and you don't want him to, you can get the title off of him somehow. Either beat him in the ring or beat him in the cage, like, I think that's just a cool concept. By the way, talking about beating them in the ring, I hate the ring as it pertains to MMA. I mean, so much of my MMA training was in a boxing ring and on mats. Now uh, the, the Ironfish Gym in Maysville, Kentucky, where I did my training, where the Crack and Fight team resides at, we have a cage there now. We have a cage in a matted area. We've, we've done away with the boxing ring, which is also where I took my pro wrestling bumps at. Not a lot of fun. But it was it wasn't oh man it was a pain a lot of times and we would do open house smokers and stuff like that to bring new people in and kind of show them the difference between trained and untrained and so many people grabbing the ropes falling into the ropes then you see it again with Ian McCall ah cut his face open on the the ring rope that man cannot catch a break now at this point he's not won a lot of fights <laughs> recently anyway and. Who knows how it feel, but two minutes in, he got cut open. And I hope they just do McCall versus Horiguchi anyway, just to throw it on the main event of another Ryzen show. But what a bummer for that guy. Uh, Cindy Dandewees, or Dandewa beat uh, Raina Miera by split decision. Good to see her getting a win, too. There's some interesting talent over in Ryzen, and um, that's something that their talent pool is going to come and it's going to go. And they are going to rely primarily on 
Japanese talent as they should, but there, there's always some interesting names there that they they're managed to pull in. If you get Krokop, Horiguchi, Gabby Garcia, Takanori Gomi, uh, Ian McCall, and a couple of good women's fights on these shows, then people are going to tune in. So they, they seem to have a good uh, grasp on that. I heard nothing but good reviews except for one absolute scrub who craps on everything uh, about the commentary job that Showdown Joe and Frank Trigg did. And you all know how I feel, or if you saw the video, you all know how I felt about Chris Cordero's calling of the action on the last Rising show, which wasn't good. It wasn't good. Their studio looked bad. They, they Ryzen heard all those concerns. They put Joe and Trigg in a nice studio, and Joe and Trigg are great. Like I've said before, like Frank Trigg, there's this weird negative connotation and perception with him among a lot of fans. And I mean, I get it. Some first first impressions go a long way, and maybe he was a little brash and things like that during his his uh, UFC run. But I mean, when you look at the type of work that he does as a journalist, as a referee, as a broadcaster, I just think he does. He does such a wonderful job that uh, that's going to change. Like he isn't, he's a top flight ref. He won't, he won't go out and say that right now, but he really is. And he's a very, very humble dude. And he's got his toes dipped in a little bit of everything, which I think is very cool. But <clears throat> we'll get Joe's thoughts on Ryzen. He did a great Ryzen blog, which is over on the exclusive section of uh, Fightful.com, FightfulMMA.com. Definitely head over and check that out. We also want to encourage you, of course, to participate in the comments section of our uh, stories. Tell us what you think about what's happening in these stories. I want to I want to know. That way it creates more talking points for uh, Fightful MMA Podcasts and Holy Smokes MMA Podcasts. So, <laughs> this Jackson Wink photographer, my God, did you all see this? There's a Jackson Wink photographer. I don't even want to name his name because I don't want to get him any followers on Twitter or anything like that. But he posted a photo and was like, yeah, this dude is tough as nails about Chris Cyborg. And I'm like, dude, what are you in the fourth grade? What's your problem? You dope. You friggin' dope. Now, you could criticize Chris Cyborg for a lot of things, for the way that she handles her social media or whoever does, for failing drug tests, for fighting people maybe a little smaller than her, a lot smaller than her. Come on, you... Now I get it, she's muscular and she's taken some stuff in the past that has likely contributed to that. But I mean, we're talking facial features and stuff. Like, If you're going to trash somebody, trash them for something they can help. Like, come on now, that's that's not a lot different than, than trashing somebody for what color they are and all that stuff. I think it's just so stupid. And then the, the apology he issued... What a scrub. This dude is a, a grade A scrub. And Jackson Winklejohn has had a lot of trouble with their social media. Like they, one of their guys liked a tweet from the Jackson Winklejohn account calling Aljamain Sterling the N-word. Like, okay, Kyler James handles the most of our social media. Uh, sometimes Jeremy Lambert will be on there for UFC post shows and things like that. If I see one of them liking something like that, you better believe they better they better have a good explanation or else they're out the door. They're done. But Jackson Winklejohn, Jackson Winklejohn is huge. I'm talking like hundreds of people go there. If you haven't seen like the scale of their operation, I encourage you to check out one of their vlogs. They're very enlightening. There's a lot of good stuff in there. But just because you have a lot of people involved does not mean that you can get away with having complete 
just utter ineptitude as it pertains to what's going on on your social media. That's not okay. And there are dozens of photographers in the area. Hire a different one. Because this guy tried to justify it by saying, oh, she called Holly Holm a bitch. Okay, sure, whatever. I, you know, do I doubt that? No. Do I care? Not really. Holly, Holmes is, Holly Holm is way classier than that. You're not going to see Holly Holm go out there and be like, yeah, I got beaten up by that dude. Like, come on, man. Do I agree with everything that Chris Cyborg does? Hell no. Me and her go at it on Twitter all the time. Like, whether it's her or her management, whatever. We go at it all the time. Also, anytime I ask for a comment on a story, her or her representation always follow up, and they're very kind to me, despite whatever differences that we may have. They're very professional in that regard. Maybe not on the social media aspect, but you don't hear Chris Cyborg's team like going out there and doing that. They say some stupid stuff about like Holly Holm and testing. Like that is for damn sure. Like saying that Holly Holm didn't get tested very much. Oh yeah, she did. She gets tested all the time. I just think that that's such a, a, a trashy, dumb thing to attack somebody for. So lame. So lame. Get a job, man. Because I don't think this photography deal is going to work out for you. So embarrassing. California State Athletic Commission has recommended that four fighters move up a weight class. I think that uh, California is one of the better MMA commissions there are. They're very proactive. They, they do a lot of the right things. They... they Recommended that Marlon Marias, Yuri Alcantara, David Ramos, and Luke Sanders move up because they didn't stay within 10% of their uh, weight uh, or weigh-in weight during the time of the fight. I think this is a nice move. It's a nice recommendation. It shows you who's beefing up an awful lot and making these cuts and making them perhaps in a manner that I don't want to say is unsafe because a lot of these people have done it forever. But I had I had like a girl that I know that I taught kickboxing to a while back. She's doing like this weight loss challenge. And she was talking about how she had to get her water weight down. And she was asking me weight cutting tips. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable talking to you. Like telling you to taper off your water the last four or five days and throw on a sauna suit and all this stuff. These guys are professionals. This is what they do. But when they when they have trouble making the weight to the point to where they pass out, if that happens once, in my opinion, she should probably be moving up. And... uh Marias, we know that he has these issues because he was offered a fight against Jimmy Rivera on a few days' notice, kind of like called him out, accepted it, and Marias said, all right, I'll even give you five pounds. And then Marias said, no, you'll, we'll do it on my terms, like the old pro wrestling heel thing like where they roll out of the ring. We'll do it when I want. That's not the way this works, homeboy. I mean, you're a great fighter. That's not the way it works. Then, then Jimmy Rivera says, okay, I'll give you 10 pounds. And it didn't look like Marias could make it then either. So if he couldn't make that that weight, if he can't get to get within ten pounds of where you should be fighting, like the week of, then maybe you shouldn't be fighting there. There are some weight classes where that's that's okay, and maybe that that's not the case. But that situation, yeah, I, I certainly think that uh, Marias should have taken it. James Lynch spoke to. UFC heavyweight champion Stipe Miocic this week. Uh, we got the full interview up on Fightful.com. We have a story that released today. Uh, Stipe Miocic did not know 
that did not know anything about a potential John Jones fight, contrary to rumor. And he spoke to James Lynch a little bit about pro wrestling. Uh, take a listen. Now, now, if you get a win here, I mean, there really isn't many uh, challengers out there outside of this. Do you feel like this will cement you finally as the, the greatest heavyweight fighter in the UFC uh, that's ever graced the octagon? Nah, yeah, I don't know. I don't care about that <laughs> stuff, man. I just like winning. You know what I mean? I, yeah. You know, it, it's people's opinion anyway, so it doesn't really matter what my opinion means. I'm just here to win and just keep winning, and, you know, people can say what they want to say about it. I really don't care, but they, they can't deny me breaking the record. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, do you feel like you're ever going to fight Cain Velasquez? Because that seems like the only opponent left if you do get past Naganu coming up here on January 20th. Uh, good question. I don't know. You know, um, maybe, maybe not. It depends if he is healthy. I hope he does. You know, I, you know, he's a super nice guy. I met him uh, actually in Edmonton. Super nice guy. We did a few things together. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, I mean, hopefully he gets better and we'll see what happens. You know, I, but now I, I care about uh, January 20th. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are you disappointed at all that, you know, this is a great card in Boston, but they haven't done a big card in Ohio. Is that something you're going to ask for after this, uh, you know, get get another hometown fight? Ah, who knows? And just right now, it's all I care about is Boston. You know me, I don't, yeah. I don't look ahead. You know, yeah. I don't know some of these other guys like to look ahead. I don't look ahead. I, I got one task at hand, and that's January 20th, taking out France and the guy is there any ever any thoughts of uh, you know ever going into pro wrestling? I know uh, you don't seem you don't strike me as a big pro wrestling fan, but we've seen you know Ronda Rousey make that transition. You know after your career is done, is that something that would interest you at all? Oh yeah, man, money's money. I'll do it. I don't care. I'll, I'll get a persona. <laughs> okay. what, what would be your gimmick? Would you be like a you know a, a proud like the you know, nice guy? Call? Yeah, the, the nice guy. Okay, so you'd be like a baby face. <laughs> yeah. Is what they call. yeah, no, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I would. Listen, I'll do whatever, man. I can, I can act. You know, I'll do. I'll, I'll put on a good, good show. Do you, do you follow pro wrestling at all, or were you more of a fan when you were growing up? Uh, I was a fan when I was growing up. Actually, my friends, you know, that are my age are like diehard. So actually, <laughs> we actually have uh, two guys from my area are from there, uh, the Biz and uh, Dolph, uh, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, that's right. They're both yeah. from my area. Yeah, actually, one of my real good friends, like, or well, a good friend of mine, is actually best friends with uh, the Miz. So it's kind of funny. So, you ever met the Miz at all? Uh, I think I met him one time. I, I see his father all the time, actually. I've seen, randomly, I always see his father all the time. We always talk. You know, when, I, when I see him, I, I see him at the casino a couple of times. You know, at, at restaurants, it's funny. But I, he talks about us all the time. You know, a lot of people talk good about him. That, that's excellent. Yeah, you got to keep tabs on, on the, you know, the, the guys from your area. You know, you guys are proud. You got to stick together, right? So. Totally, yeah, 100%, man. Get me in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know you also mentioned about possibly doing boxing, uh, you know, doing something with Anthony Joshua, because, again, the price tag on that's pretty good. Is that something that still interests you at all? Oh, 100%. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I would love that opportunity to fight him. You know, I think uh, for my skills, and just like my kind of did, I think it'd be an amazing, amazing opportunity. So we'll see, though. But right now, like I said, I'm going to worry about January 20th and taking on Francis, which I will. What about coaching the Ultimate Fighter? Is that something that would interest you at all? Yeah, I just, you know, I definitely would. Uh, I just don't know how I'd do it. <laughs> I, you know, I've never really coached before. I have coached, but I just didn't know how, I don't know how it all works out. You know, I got the opportunity definitely, but maybe uh, I just got to see how it works out. Excellent. And my last question for you here, and I, again, I appreciate the time. When are you coming back to Canada? You know, I saw you in Toronto a couple of years ago. I know you got, a, you know, a few uh, connections out there. Are you, are you coming back anytime soon? Yeah, I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably be in Toronto here in the next couple months after the fight. I guarantee it. So I'll probably, if I'll probably miss a saga. Okay, good stuff. That's good to hear. You heard it here first. Uh, Stipe, thanks for the time, and uh, best of luck in the fight. You too, man. Hey, man. Happy New Year, right? James Lynch bringing us the goods. Lately, he's had uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who you'll hear in two segments in a bit. He's had Colby Covington. We've got uh, pros picks for Duho Choi and Jeremy Stevens up on the YouTube right now. Uh, 
lots of cool stuff coming from James Lynch. It's just unbelievable. Uh, it, he's taken a weight off of my shoulders trying to hunt down interviews all the time. Like uh, He has been exceptional. Great. And of course, I counted it up. We've had since launch last year in July over 200 interviews with boxers, fighters, and uh, pro wrestlers. That is unreal. That is unbelievable. I think maybe maybe one or two other websites, period, across MMA, pro wrestling, or boxing would have that. Even if you divided them up individually, maybe maybe Ariel Hawani has that in MMA Junkie. And that's that's really about it. But James Lynch has come through big time. He joined me on that UFC 219 post show, which you all can hear. Uh, and uh, no no event this weekend. No post show this weekend. That's wild, man. You should, we don't get a lot of those on Fightful.com where there's no big pro wrestling, MMA, or boxing events. But on Thursday, there is that Wrestle Kingdom show, and I, I'm doing a, doing a podcast for that. Steve Miocic in pro wrestling. See, here's the thing. He says he can act and things like that, but he, he does have, like, he has, like, the everyman charisma, like, when he won his title, he was he ran around and he's like, I'm world heavyweight champion. Ah, like you couldn't believe it. And he acted the same way when he was at the Indians game and cracked the home run in batting practice. He's such just a nice dude. It's hard to dislike a guy like that. So uh great catching up with uh Stipe Miocic. Zach McDonald says Dan Lambert and Impact isn't good. I disagree. I've really liked Dan Lambert's stuff in Impact. And I like that they are in H D now. We're gonna take a look at the UFC. 219 fighter salaries. Chris Cyborg walked away with 500000 Holly Holm, 300000 No win bonus for Cyborg. It, usually when that's the case, when you get like a flat fee like that, you get a percentage of the pay-per-view. So depending on where her threshold starts or stops at, she made a good chunk of change at, at that show. Plus, she got an extra 50000 from from the Fight of the Night award, and she got 40000 from Reebok. So she's going to... Well, at, before all the taxes and paying people, she's gonna hit like high, high six figures. Uh, Habib Nurmagomedov made one hundred and sixty thousand, including an eighty thousand win bonus over Edson Barboza, seventy five thousand. Both decent payouts, but man, a, a guy like Barboza who's been around so long should be getting six figures no matter what, and it, he probably did, including uh, Reebok and all that. Mark DeCasey, twenty four thousand. Dan Hooker, forty eight. That's standard. Carla Esparza made seventy-two thousand, including her win bonus. Uh, Calvillo forty-one thousand. That winning streak has gotten Calvillo's pay up there. Neil Magny one hundred and forty thousand over uh, Carlos Condit's one hundred and fifteen thousand. Both solid. And then you got some on on the main card like Mark De La Rosa that that short notice fight twelve thousand because he he lost. Tim Elliott fifty-six k because he won. That's that's why a guy like Tim Elliott wants to fight. That 56K, it, it's important. It changes your life. Uh, the, the difference in having 56,000 and not having 56,000 is, is big. Miles Jury is one that stands out to me because he made 66,000. And if he was able to stay healthy for so long, he'd probably be up near the, the six figures as well. So uh, some of these payouts, and man, the, the UFC share of this is just so much more than what the, the fighters make. It's just... Uh, and it needs to be swayed quite a bit. Megan Anderson calls out Chris... 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cyborg. I mean, sure, why shouldn't she? She's like really the only 145-pound good fighter out there, and I'm sure some knob is going to message me and say, oh, no, there's this one who is like 7-3 and and is 39 years old, and she's good. Yeah, well, she ain't beating Cyborg. Sorry. Megan Anderson probably has the best chance, and I don't know what's that saying. What's that saying that Megan Anderson has the best chance to beat Cyborg? Because if Holly Holm couldn't beat Cyborg, well... Maybe Amanda Nunes can, and if not her, then I don't know who can in the world. I give Amanda Nunes a much better chance at beating Chris Cyborg than Megan Anderson. Now, I don't know how much of a chance I give her because Chris Cyborg in the past couple of years has really, really stepped up and gotten good um, and worked on her head movement. She takes her head off the center line an awful lot. Her feints are very good. Vinny Fernandez says nobody's beating Cyborg. Somebody will beat Cyborg eventually, but... Uh, Holly Holm found some success at range and found some success pressing Cyborg against the cage. I mean, let's be real. Chris Cyborg got out-muscled by a 135-pound fighter. That happened. And yes, it is a pointless championship. It is the celebrity championship, as I've said before. Like That's that's just what it is. It's somebody that can pop up and who wants to challenge Cyborg. Let's put Cyborg on a pay-per-view and let's run with it. And that's okay. I mean, it's pointless, it's stupid, but is Cyborg good enough to to get that? Then yeah, I, th- I think she's I think she's good enough to get uh, her own title. But you need to support it with with good fighters. And to be honest with you, there just aren't good fighters. I'm going to take a look at the fight matrix rank- rankings and see like who they have in this women's featherweight division because it's slim pickings. And even beyond slim pickings, Bellator has the division. Bellator's <laughs> women's featherweight division is probably better than UFC's, and you know there's nobody in it. But uh, Julia Budd, do I think Julia Budd could beat Cyborg? No, I don't. Jermaine Duran to me, we'll never know. She won't take that fight. She may never fight again. Who knows? Gabrielle Holloway, she ain't beating her. She's six and five. She's not okay. The a six and five woman is ranked number six in Fight Matrix, which does like a metric ranking, like a statistical 
ranking. Holly Holmes included in these rankings. Jermaine Durand is included in these rankings. So really, you got Gabrielle Holloway as a top five featherweight in the world based on these, these rankings. Arlene Blankow, she just lost. Cindy's not beaten Cyborg. Who do you have? Who is the... the Josette Cotton? I don't even know why she's ranked. She doesn't make the weight. She, she ain't ever making 145. Get her all the way the hell out of there. Talita Noguera, she's 32 years old. She is probably a finished product at this point. 32 years old, 7-0, maybe. Charmaine Tweet already got beaten. Alexis Dufresne, she ain't making weight. Get her the hell out of there. There is nobody. Nobody. Get Becky Lynch in there. She probably stands as good of a chance as any of these girls at this point. Sad. Sad. There just isn't anybody. And that's not Cyborg's fault. Like, I'm not criticizing Cyborg for it. There's just nobody else. Uh, Cyborg did say he, she wanted Megan Anderson because she's 145 pounds and she wants the division to grow, but <laughs> the division ain't growing. It's it's There aren't a ton of women right now that when they cut down are a, a peak performing 145 pounds. It's just unfortunately not the way a lot of women by, by and large are built. And that's... It's not it's not her fault. It's a shame. Mackenzie Dern faces Ashley Yoder at UFC 222. We've had a couple of interviews with Mackenzie Dern on fightful.com and uh it's somebody that like Steve Mulehausen and James Lentz talked to and I was always like, "Yep, do this, do this interview, do this interview." Cuz they would ask me, they'd be like, "Well, she's not in the UFC." And by and large, that's like what our threshold is either a big name outside of the UFC or in Bellator or UFC or a top name in uh, PFL, PF, whatever the hell they're called. Mackenzie Dern turns 25 in March. She is 5-0. She's fought in Legacy, LFA, and Invicta. Missed weight a couple times, uh, trying to get to like 115, but she is, uh, she fought a flyweight in October, returned to strawweight in December. Now there's a flyweight division in the UFC. So uh, it's it's probably the right move for the UFC to pick her up now. It's it's a move that everybody knew was going to happen. Everybody knew that that Mackenzie Dern was going to end up in the UFC. She is a world class grappler. I mean, like top level grappler. Got to watch out for her, anything she does on the ground. Uh, she has great great uh, spirit, great great heart. But we knew it was coming, just didn't know when. Like and they waited until 2018, so yeah, sure. I'll have to see what uh, it, it says. A women's strawweight uh, division fight on our uh, on our article report that that uh, David Tease did for it. Sorry. So uh, strawweight, if that doesn't work out for her, she can bump up to flyweight, and she'll be probably in the conversation already. She's got a lot of improving to do, though. So uh, she is definitely one that people need to watch out for. Spoke to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, did James Lynch, rather. That interview up on Fightful.com will have several stories from it. Take a listen about what Stephen Wonderboy Thompson had to say about his immediate future and the welterweight division. You know, we just had, just before your fight, there was a Colby Covington defeating uh, Damian Maya. Did you see that fight? And if so, what were your thoughts on Colby's performance in that? I did, man. Colby Covington did work, man. I mean, he fought a really tough uh, Damian Maya. Do I think it was the best Damian Maya? No, I, I don't. Um... Um, you know, in the first round, Damian Maya was putting his hands on him. He was he was taking it to Colby Covington. 
uh, you know, hitting him with some with some good um, uh, good hand strikes. But then, and it felt like after that round, Damien just died. Well, you know, Damien's not a striker; he's a grappler. And I think in that first round, he felt like he should have gone out there and, and I don't know, tried to prove prove something and knock him out. But it did, when it didn't work, he got exhausted. Colby Covington just took over, man. He just dominated Damian Maya. And uh, so he's ranked number three now, and he's talking a lot of trash to just about everybody who walks in his path. <laughs> yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because, you know, you're a pretty polite guy. I'd say you're almost the opposite of Colby Covington. You're a very polite guy. I mean, anyone that's talked to you, interviewed you, whatever, uh, knows, you know, just how much of a nice guy you are. And he, we've got a guy in Colby who, you know, he's trying to sell himself, but he's been pretty disrespectful. What are, your, what are your, sort of your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, I, I really don't know what he's going for. Um, he is talking a lot of, a lot of trash, and not, not just to his opponents, but to a whole nation, you know, I mean, to – to, to all the Brazilians, everybody in Brazil, period, which is, I think, very disrespectful. Um, you're not going to win fans over that way. Um, but, you know, you got guys out there who people, they, they love to watch you and, and people, they love to hate you. So um, I don't know if he's kind of going for that, that uh, I guess, that, that part of it. But, uh, yeah, man, there's a lot of guys I want to see him fall. But um, he is a tough guy, very, very strong wrestler. Uh, very good MMA fighter. So, you know what? I'm preparing myself for any one of those guys in the, in the top 10 uh, and looking at them very closely. Tonight, you know, we've got, you know, Carlos Condit making his comeback, you know, fighting Neil Magny. So I'm going to be watching that fight very closely as well. Yeah, and the other uh, big fight that happened was on that UFC fo uh, on Fox 26 card, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, Robbie Lawler. I know I talked to you about that fight, and, and you know, like a lot of people, uh, you thought Robbie was going to win. I, I did as well, and uh, Rafael went out there and, and dominated him. What were your thoughts on Rafael's performance, uh, you know, getting the win there? Uh, I thought he did a great job. You know, going into that third round, or at the end of that third round, I knew something wasn't right with, uh, with Robbie Lawler. Um, I don't know if he tore any ligaments in his left leg, but I know after the fight he said his leg – during one of the rounds, he went back to his corner and said his leg was done. And you can kind of tell. He tried to throw his left hand, but he just couldn't, he couldn't plant. It would give way, and you can kind of see him back to the cage. So I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, I think after watching the fight, it kind of looked like his game plan was to, was to the first the earlier rounds, take a, lot of, um, take a lot out of DeSantis just by, just by letting him work, letting, letting uh, RDA just kind of burn himself out and really try and put on that pressure in the later rounds, but him injuring his knee, uh, it didn't, it didn't help with that at all. You know, it, it prevented him from doing that. So he just kind of, he's a tough guy. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> Take the, some of the shots that he took, not only that, but his right leg was beat up. He took a lot of low leg kicks and then his left leg goes out. So he's, ba he's barely standing still just, just in, in RDA's face, just taking shots. Um, <clears throat> RDA, I, I felt, of course, you know, um, trying to take hard to take your own advice here, but uh, something I should have done in the, in the last tyrant fight. But uh, when you see somebody injured like that, you know, I figured that RDA would have gone out there and tried to go for the knockout. But it looked like me, he just tried to stay busy just to kind of win the fight, you know. Um, so I was a little disappointed in that. But all in all, RDA did a very good job. And I talked about the division kind of being wide open right now. No one really knows who's going to get the next title shot. Now, assuming it isn't you, because uh, I know you've had, you know, uh, two cracks at it now. Um, what, uh, what's sort of next for you? Do you sort of have a plan of, you know, who you want to fight? Because there's a lot of interesting matchups out there. It's just the only bad thing is, I mean, you're at the top of the, the rankings, and anyone that you'd fight would sort of be below that. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. It's kind of, it's kind of, I'm kind of in a, in a very hard spot right now, you know. 
I went through Murder's Road to get where I'm at, you know, fighting, you know, Ellenberger, Jay, uh, Rory McDonald, Johnny Hendricks, and, uh, you know, Ro uh, Robert Whitaker to get where I'm at. And, you know, I'm ranked number one. Um, anybody in that top five would be uh, would be awesome. You know, I, I know Darren Till's been calling me out like crazy. You know, we've had Kamaro Usman on the show multiple times, and he would often say things like, a lot of these welterweights won't speak my name, and they just won't mention him in the conversation. He's a 29-year-old, really successful welterweight. It's not like he doesn't deserve the conversation. He is 6-0 and in the UFC. He is 8-0 and if you count his Ultimate Fighter fights. He's lost one fight, and that was like four or five years ago against a guy that he would just drop now. And Kamaru Usman wants those big fights. He's ranked number 10 in the division. Finally, a guy brings him up. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson mentions his name in the set of interviews that we're about that we we did, and it, it makes me want to talk about this light or this welterweight division. You heard him talk about uh, Wonderboy rather talk about Colby Covington. Man, that's one that's emerged. Rafael dos Anjos, even though he's been a champion and he's in his thirties, he has emerged in this division. Darren Teal emerged in this division. Ponzinibbio emerged in this division. Kamaru Usman, Mike Perry to a much lesser degree, but but he. Has good fights. This welterweight division has just been reinvigorated. Because a few years ago, it seemed like just drawn out, depleted, in rough shape. When Even when you have a Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fighting Tyron Woodley a couple of times in a row, man, that can be tough. That puts a lot of stuff on hold. But this division, I feel like it needed that. It almost needed that pause just for a little bit. Because Tyron Woodley was really active, and he was knocking people off and beating people. And he's given it a little bit of a breather. And, you know, he says he's going to come back in by the end of April. I think that having shoulder surgery in mid to late December and expecting to be in a world championship fight at the end of April is uh, remarkably optimistic at best. I would be shocked if we saw him before International Fight Week personally, but I know that he really badly does not want an interim title. So you look at all these people in this division. You look at... You know, Robbie Lawler, Colby Covington thinks he's done. I don't know if he's going to compete in this top five. Damian Maya, his time's coming. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is no spring chicken. He's a Wonder Man Thompson at this point. He's 35 years old. Neil Magny is that division's ultimate gatekeeper. Just he he is just keeping anybody out that doesn't belong there. Like they're they're getting picked off. So Carlos Condit was was sent packing back to number 12 in the division. Now I'll take a look at these rankings updates uh in a moment donald cerrone is going to stick around in this division contrary to what he said but now you finally hear in this interview wonderboy thompson talking about kamara usman kamara usman is now in the conversation do i agree with wonderboy saying that uh well till hasn't beaten anybody well come on man come on man you don't do it like that he's a number seven ranked guy and you know you beat he beat uh Thompson has beaten Hendricks and McDonald and and Ellenberger and uh, Whitaker even. Like, he's beaten a lot of guys that have names. But, like, what if these guys said, well, who has he beaten before? you got to give a guy a chance. And Darren Teal has some buzz about him. This welterweight division has some buzz about him. Here is uh, Wonderboy kind of finishing up talking about this this great welterweight division. Um, what are your thoughts on that matchup? Because, you know, Till did look pretty good against uh, Cowboy Cerrone, but, you know, maybe he doesn't have the wins to, to earn a matchup with you. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that matchup? Well, to me, you know, uh, he's had one guy that he's fought in the division that 
pretty much has a name, which is Cerrone. But the two fights that he had before that, Cerrone A got knocked out, and he lost to a decision by by Lawless. He was on a he was on a, a, a two you know two fight losing streak before he fought Darren Till. So you know it's like you know come on, I mean. You know, I, I know he's a very exciting fighter. Everybody from Europe wants me to fight him. I'm getting a lot of guys, you know, fight Darren Till, fight Darren Till, like everybody in London because they got to fight there. But it just doesn't make sense, really, uh, for that for that, for that that to happen. Anybody in the top five, if it's, if it's Colby Covington, uh, who's ranked number four right now? I'm not really sure. Oh, uh, I don't know. I think I believe it's Lawler now. Or, sorry, yeah, I think Lawler, even though he Is lost, I think, I, think, I think he's still at the number four spot. But I imagine that's not a fight you'd want because he's coming off a loss, right? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, anybody in the top five, I know I'm not going to get that next title shot yet. I know RDA is going to get it. I really wanted to fight him before that. You know, before I, after beating Johnny Hendricks, I still had to beat the number one guy. You know, I wanted to be that top guy before I wanted to step out there and, and fight for the title. Um, I'm still ranked number one. So, you know, if that fight does happen, I'm going to try and get it. Not really sure how long. I know Tyron said he's going to try and fight at the beginning of uh, 2018. But we'll see. You know, I'm not really sure. Well, he, how he just had surgery, going. so I don't. I don't yeah. know if I don't know if he's going to fight uh, that early. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah, uh, that's what that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, so I'm hearing that you know he had surgery. Um, so not really sure how long he's going to be out. So I mean, is RDA going to want to wait that long? Is he want to get another fight in? Is he going to want to try and solidify that number one spot? If so, I'm here, baby. Let's do it. You know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, from the looks of it, it looks like RDA will get that next title shot. But I'm not giving up on it. You know, I'm still going to try and make some noise and try and make that fight happen. Uh, Robbie Lawler would be awesome. You know, like I've told you before, I've always wanted to fight Robbie. I've, I've been a huge fan of him for years. And, you know, watching him in the days to strike force and just, just knocking dudes out. Um, I think it would be an awesome fight. I think it would be, a, a, a you know, a fight that the fans want to see. I think it would be very exciting. But, uh, you know, I'm not really sure how long he's going to be out from his knee injury. Um, he's been staying fairly quiet about it, to be honest with you. I'm not really sure exactly what happened or if he's even talked about it. But if you watch the fight, you know, you can tell you can definitely tell there was a knee thing going on. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Well, another another name I'll throw out to you, and, and he's got a fight coming up, is uh, Kamaru Usman. He's fighting Emil Meek, and I know Usman's ranked a little bit lower, but he does have that undefeated uh, record in the UFC. Um, is that a, a fight that interests you at all? Man, uh, you know what? To be honest with you, it, definitely down the line, all, any of these guys I'll be facing, man. If it's Darren Till, if it's Usman. Usman is – he's a scary dude, man. I mean, he's a very strong wrestler um, and just, it's just a dominant – he's been dominating everybody. So he's another guy that's definitely on my radar. Um, him, Colby Covington, Darren Till, all these up and guys coming up. So, man, it, it, I won't be facing any of these guys here in the future. I, I just know it. You know, they, they they stay on track and they stay, they keep winning. That's another guy that I could be facing. So yeah, all these guys I'm preparing for. I'm I'm working on my wrestling every day, uh, my jujitsu every day. Even though you don't see it, I'm constantly pre constantly working on it. Everybody knows I'm a striker. I'm gonna try and keep that fight standing. And plus, that's what the fans want to see. I believe it's more exciting that way. Um, and you know, a lot of these guys that are wrestlers. And, you know, um, uh, to, to the untrained eye for somebody who's never fought or watched MMA, it, it, it's boring for them. But they know they know what getting punched in the face means. You know what I mean? So and I think with this with those crazy knockouts, it shoots you to the top a little bit faster. So I'm going to try and keep that going, you know, try and be as exciting as I can uh, try to use my karate style. But. But um, you never know, man. You you may see you may see a takedown from Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Oh, there we go. So, <laughs> in 2018, you that's interesting. You never know. 
Um, what, what about for you, though? Perfect scenario. Is there a particular card you want to fight on? Is there, is there a per- particular time you want to fight next? Have you kind of figured that out yet? Um, not yet. I'm still doing physical therapy with my thumb. The doctor wants to, wants to put a pin in my, my thumb because I tore the ligament that, that won't grow. It won't uh, heal back. So I, I, um, it's, it, if they put a pin in, I won't be able to make a fist. So what I'm doing is I'm doing physical therapy to see if that, that will help a lot um, and uh, to make it feel better because I don't want to go in and have surgery to, to where I can't make a fist. So that might have to wait till after my fight career. So my, my left my left thumb, the one that broke, feels a lot better. It's the one with the torn ligament that's really giving me the problem right now. Uh, make it, just making a fist or even grabbing a hold of somebody's wrist, you know, it's pretty painful. The <clears throat> It's subsided a little bit. It's gone down, so I'm able to do a little bit more work. So it really is on my physical therapist and, and, and on how it feels. So right now um, I'm working out, but I have to tape my thumb, you know, completely to my hand in order to make a fist to do anything. So um, hopefully, you know, I'm, 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 I'm training constantly, but I want to, if I do have a fight coming up, maybe late March, uh, I'm thinking um, that's just uh, how I'm feeling right now. But, uh, you know, in the next few weeks, if, if, I, if it starts feeling better, you never know. I may get, may, may, may get out there a little sooner. We should have more from Stephen Thompson about pro wrestling, actually, on tomorrow's Holy or not Holy Smokes, List and Your Boy podcast. Also, Steve Amiochik talks about pro wrestling. You can see those interviews in full over at Fightful.com and our YouTube, youtube.com slash Fightful. Make sure you all subscribe, thumbs up, all that stuff. I asked you all to submit questions. Somebody says, a possibility of DC moving to heavyweight for his last fight. He said that he doesn't want to and can't believe that he ever did. What are the chances of Bones making heavyweight? Very good. I think he was headed that way had he um, not popped for the drug test. What are some prospects we should be watching? Curtis Blades, who we have an interview with, he is ranked number nine in the heavyweight division. Uh, he's definitely one I think you all should be looking out for. Um, I'll think of some more uh, momentarily, but that, that's that's one that 26-year-old heavyweight I definitely think should be uh, should be on your radar. Oh, somebody asked, who do I think champions are in each division in the UFC at the end of 2018? That's a great question. Featherweight champion, Chris Cyborg, obviously. Women's Bantamweight champion, it's probably still going to be Nunez, honestly. Unless Jermaine Durandamy somehow works her way back into the good graces of the UFC, maybe she could beat her? I don't know. Flyweight, that is a great one. I'm going to say Joanna Yanjacek, uh, unless... See, I think Joanna Yanjacek could be the strawweight champion if she stays there. She, she might win the strawweight championship back. However... If she doesn't at flyweight, if she doesn't move to flyweight, then I think that Valentina Shevchenko is going to become the women's flyweight champion. Strawweight champion, I said it, I think it's Joanna Yanjechen. Heavyweight, Francis Ngannou. He's the guy, he's ready. Light heavyweight. Man, um, okay. This is tough. Volkan could do it, but I don't know what, like how effective his wrestling is. Daniel Cormier might still be this champion. At the end of the year. There are not. It's rough. It's a rough go of it. Right now I'm leaning Cormier. And he might retire. So who knows. Middleweight. Uh, I think Rockhold probably. I, as much as I like uh, Robert Whitaker, Luke Rockhold is really good. I presume he doesn't fight a lot these days. So Welterweight. 
I really think it's probably going to be... Oh, man. See, I think Darren Teal will have done enough to get a title shot by, like, December or January. But, like, he might get, like, you know, he might get the Super Bowl weekend show 2019 title shot. But I think that he could become a champion. Um, I don't think it'll be Woodley. I think Woodley would get gets beat this year unless he's hurt. I, I just don't, I don't think Covington beats him. I think that Woodley can beat Covington and uh, I think he can beat Dos Anjos. But if he fights Dos Anjos... Before he's healthy, then Dos Anjos beats him. But I, I'll say this, not Tyron Woodley. Lightweight champion, uh, Habib Nurmagomedov. Without a doubt. Either Connor's defending or being stripped of the title this year. Featherweight championship, Max Holloway's going to retain that title. He's going to hold on to it. Bantamweight. I'm going to say either Jimmy Rivera or Marlon Marias end up winning this. Whichever gets the title shot first, and then they eventually have a fight. But I think the uh, Dillashaw Garbrandt Cruz carousel kind of ends at this point. Flyweight, it's come on, it's Demetrius Johnson. <laughs> Nobody's beaten him ever, ever beaten him. Ridiculous. Uh, given that Askren is hanging around UFC events to corner coach, you think he'll ever actually compete there? No. He wants an amount of money that the UFC is not willing to pay them. And for the audience that he brings in, I can't say that the UFC is wrong, but it depends on how you want your want your company portrayed. If you want them portrayed as the tip-top sports organization as it pertains to merit, then sure. If you want to draw eyeballs, I don't think Askren's going to do much of that. It's sad, but true, and I don't think Askren does himself any favors. Not that he cares. I mean, he's got a good coaching job, and he made a lot of money for one or wherever he's, he fought at, and he come back and fight again as well. Guys, of course, follow me at Fightful MMA, at Fightful Online, at Sean Rossap. We have our Instagram up and going, at Fightful Online. I want to thank you guys for joining me. I went about it solo because... You know, Joe is just getting back from Japan, and he's not seen his kid in a while, so he's got to do the fatherly stuff. You know, his his kids out there throwing bows on the playground, so he's he's got to do the he's got to do the extra work. Uh, we released a funniest fightful wrestling moments of 2017 over on our YouTube. Go check that out. Uh, spread the word. Let people know if there's something that you like about the show, something you don't like about the show. Let us know all about it. Next week, we're going to have pros picks for Duho Choi versus Jeremy Stevens. We're going to preview that card as well. I'll be flying solo on the post shows for a little while, unless I find somebody that slides in naturally and stuff. But uh, James Lynch will actually be at a wedding after UFC 222 and won't be able to join me. But just wanted to give you all a heads up. All these interviews can be seen on Fightful's YouTube, so make sure you subscribe. Guys, thank you so much. Until next time, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.